Miller, and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Tuesday, Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO returns to local programming and does so for the next seven hours. Appreciate you spending some of your morning here with us on the BMW of Des Moines guest list. It lines up uh, like this. We will talk baseball with our friend Matt Snyder, weekly contributor to the Miller and Condon radio program, cbssports.com. Uh, Matt Snyder will uh, catch us up on what we've missed if we've been watching basketball over the weekend and through the night, or through last night anyways. Uh, but Matt Snyder on baseball, some of the teams off to a good start, some of the teams that are really struggling out of the gate, new season seemingly is over. Your Toronto Blue Jays. My Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, but um, <laughs> That's what I heard when I came in this morning. <laughs> it's over. Matt's, well, Kikuchi's going tonight for crying you're, out loud. You're he, right. He's got to bounce back here. I hope so. Matt Manasarin is going to help us out weekly with the NFL draft right up until draft week. Love our conversations with Matt Manasarin. Uh, scouted for both the Browns and the Saints and now Sports Info Solution. A really good uh, resource. Uh, for a number of sports, more than just the NFL, but Manor Saren at 12.05. And then David Eichelt, I promise, I promise, we won't do any of the Reese Clark histrionics, at least from this chair. Okay. You're <laughs> I, over it, huh? I, like, I, I wish the country was over it. Uh-huh. Um, Sadly, it's not. No, nah, unfortunately, probably not. But there's so much, so many positives about this. And by the way, the uh, the White House has walked back the invitation uh, to Iowa to, to come join LSU with the celebration of the champion. Dr. I mean, Jill Biden, not the uh, best one. That, that's one you just keep under wraps. Yeah. It'd be a nice idea, but we're really no, not going to do that. No, don't we're not. No, no. There's no the particip- participation ribbons, uh, those right. type of things. We don't need it. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't, we'll never know. Would they have accepted? I mean, it's the White House. I don't care who you vote for. Most, don't you? Right. I mean, and they're not going. Right. And we've seen plenty of individual players that have decided who's in the right. White, White House. Yeah, it's going to prevent them from... Man, I don't know. I don't think that it would stop me, but I'm not in your shoes, so I don't know. And the blowback that they saw right away at the University of Iowa in the women's basketball program, they also understood. Oh, sure. If that invitation did. was going to be handed out with the blowback that was there, you can't accept that. Can't. No. Can't and would have come up with some kind of excuse, right. but uh, but cooler heads have prevailed, and that has been uh, walked back. The brakes have been tapped. So uh, that's the BMW Des Moines guest list. But I want to just you know continue on um, with with this uh, emerging sports power, and I think it is in women's college basketball. You know the the rocket ship is. It's still in full flight, and see what you can do to keep propelling that thing right into next year. So we'll talk to Eichholt about that, scholarships, etc. Um, in fact, I'm trying to get somebody on a um, an advertising executive. Oh, wow. To Who says that, I read an article yesterday, I wish I could remember where I found it, it's on home on my iPad, um, that every corporation in America that's looking for a woman to endorse their product and speak on behalf of their product mm-hmm. in the sports genre, not like a movie star, Jennifer Aniston, that's another, <laughs> right? Yeah. But if you want a sports person, um, she's she's the air quote, it girl. Oh, wow. So uh, I want to uh, you know delve into that a little bit more because the story really, it, it, look, it captured me and um, mm-hmm. I don't want to let it go just yet. Uh, anyway, so David Eichel coming up 
at 12.30, of course, we'll do the men's program and the football as well with Eichel, but I'm going to stay away from Reese v. Clark because I am sick of it. And there's been a ton of it. Yeah, there has been. And there's tons out there if you want to dive into right. it. Right. <laughs> you know, like if you're looking for it, <laughs> right. it's not hard to find. What was hard to find last night was an entertaining final basketball game. We kind of thought that this was going to be the case, and UConn was just so much the better team. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm grateful to San Diego State in, in a way for making it a little bit of a... At least they. Thought, we had a moment. For, they thought for at least they might cover. You're right, right. In the second half, but wasn't to be as uh, UConn just pulled away again and did so in the blink of an eye. End up by winning by 17. Mm-hmm. They win every tournament game by double digits. They are one of only yeah. six teams that have done that all time. That's crazy, Trent. They had it to five, right? With about five minutes left, it was a five-point game, and they lose by 17. That's what UConn has done throughout this last month. They just have turned it on to Mm -hmm. another level, what they can do on the defensive end of the floor. And that was always my concern going into the game, is how is San Diego State going to score? And obviously that played out, 59 points in the national championship game, and that ultimately was the way it went down. But you know, a season that was one of the more odd seasons we've had in college basketball. Yep. It wasn't, yeah, Carolina struggled this year. Kentucky mm-hmm. was very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Duke was inconsistent mm-hmm. this year. Played North Carolina was awful. And they were awful. They yep. were preseason number one. Michigan wasn't good. The final four that we had, it yep. was absolutely one of the wildest ones that we've ever had. It was weird. Uh, the, the television numbers reflected it. did not, uh, apparently it's the fourth lowest uh, viewed Final Four. No numbers out about last night's game. Don't we? We won't see them. I doubt we see them while we're on the air. Yeah. I don't think that that will happen. Maybe later on, uh, in in the day that they will come out. Look, I hope they come out during our show, but I don't believe that they will. Um, but nonetheless, you know, it's 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 great that all these the Cinderella stories, etc., the upsets, etc. But once we get to the Final Four weekend. Does college basketball need the name values with it? I think TV has shown that throughout the years. That ultimately, yeah, we love the Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. It's fun to follow, but when you get to the Final Four, you need the Blue Bloods. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be a major conference nope. team. Miami, major conference yep. team. Yep. Been around for a long time. Right. But they don't have the basketball cash No, in. they're football school. It has to be the big brands. Yep. We mentioned uh, one of the lowest rated Final Four games of all time was Villanova against Oklahoma. Oklahoma, there's a big mm-hmm. brand, right? Well, yeah. A big football brand. Right. Not a big basketball no, brand. Not. Although they've had plenty of good basketball for teams. For sure they have. It is not the fo- the basketball brand that you're looking for in those spots. So mm-hmm. it can't just be a big school. It has to have that part of it, too. And ultimately, if you're going to get the big numbers, that's what it is. I, I continue to ponder, is this something that is just a one-off? Well, we've seen it. We, we, I never thought, I had a discussion with a lot of people. A 16 is never going to be the one. <laughs> yep. Never going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen it happen twice. I think we've had that argument a couple of times, and I brought up a half dozen examples where it was really close. Uh-huh. Princeton against Georgetown. Uh, Purdue went to overtime one year against Western Carolina, I think it was. There were those instances. Texas Southern had a great game against a 1-1 one year. I think it was Gonzaga, actually, mm-hmm. uh, that they played. And I thought it was going to eventually happen, and now it's happened twice in five years. It, it's nuts. Uh, the two fifteen. I mean, Hampton beating Iowa State, mm-hmm. eh, it's going to happen once in a lifetime type of thing. But now we see that, you know. Three every, straight years. It's, it's crazy, Trent. And to so to your point, so what does this mean? Uh, a parody has crept to its, its way into uh, college basketball, maybe to an extent. Um, I don't know. See, during the regular season, I was always, you know what, I'm, I don't need a definitive, this is the best team in college basketball. But you're different. 
You are True. you are in the first percentile of sport fan. Right, but I've ch- I changed as the tournament went on because now I get to the final four and I'm thinking to myself, nobody's watching these games on Saturday. No. Especially after what we saw on Friday night. You know, we were entertained like like mad. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if this uh, where the game is going. Look, it's still a phenomenal tournament. It's mm-hmm. as good a three week run as sports have. It just is. It just set up perfectly. You get the onslaught of games yep. the first two days, yep. and then the games get a little bit better, and mm-hmm. you get more storylines, and you get the build up to the sweet sixteen. And you get the Thursday, Friday, not the day games, but a mm-hmm. couple at night. Would you like to see them? You know, it was interesting what the women did this year, and I thought it was really good. I don't know television-wise if it would work for the men's tournament, but they decided for the Sweet 16 games to have them each have their individual windows starting, well, for them on Friday. It was Friday, Saturday. But Mm -hmm. would you like to see the men, Sweet 16, first Sweet 16 game, and it's probably kind of the one that doesn't have the same kind of cachet, start at 1.30 in the afternoon, Mm -hmm. 4 o'clock, 6.30, and then a nightcap. I would. I would. Just give them each their own window. I don't know if it'll work for TV. I'm not sure it would because they, they're giving up the, the network, CBS, yep. is giving up Thursday and Friday the week before. Pro, I have no idea what's on during the day, but they're very proud of it. Yeah, right. Soap operas and game shows sure. and judge shows and things right. like and that. And local news. Yep, oh, absolutely, and that's huge. And, and, and it's huge. So I don't know if we'll ever see that, Trent, mm-hmm. but um, I would like to. Yeah. I don't think we will. We certainly didn't see much of a game. Well, like you say, they cut it to five. That was. I never thought, though, that... That UConn's not going to win no, at any point. No. I thought maybe the you know the, the if the Aztec backers will get a cover. I thought maybe that's in play for about a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then boom, <laughs> game was over. I I turned it off. I don't know. Probably last. I, I didn't see the confetti. I didn't see one shining moment till till this morning. I didn't see Nance thank his friends um, on his way. You were done. Door. I was done. You were you were out that quickly. I was finished. Straight to bed. Do you fall asleep right away? Yep. Oh, I am so jealous of that. Yep. I wish I could do that. So straight to well, bed. I can help, though. I've, I've got my sleeping pills and my medicine in me. <laughs> Good point. Right. Good point. So you're saying I should do the same? Well. Maybe have a puff and all of a sudden well, it makes the eyes close a little quicker. Yeah, it depends when you do it, but I think I've got it worked out pretty you, well. You got that timing down very, I very the well. I pillow and boom, Well, I'm gone. you saw my tweet then when you woke up this I morning. I did, I did. Well, I f- first of all, I saw like uh, what, what's your notifications, whatever they are. Yeah. I thought, oh my God, who attacked me overnight? <laughs> what have I said now that's come back to bite me? And there was a bunch of them. It was all in reference to your uh, tweet about thank you, friends. I mean, I get it kind of, right? It's always, hello, friends. Yeah. I, you, I, and I thought it was going to be something with friends. I thought it was going to be goodbye, friends. But mm-hmm. he said, thank you for being my friend. Cheesy. Yeah. He it's just, him. Right. I, and it was not a surprise at all. Thank you, friends, would have been mm, Yeah. Yeah. But look at Hell Run. Hell Run, say what you want about him, a broadcaster. Mm, yep. He stood the test of time. And saw we'll still calls, hear him. And we'll still hear him. And, and is the, for a lot of people, uh, the voice of, um, of March Madness. Mm-hmm. For, I mean, for tons of people. Absolutely. Brent Musburger's been gone from that spot since... 1990? 91? I'm trying to remember when it was. I it think feels, it, was, it was on the eve of... It was April Fool's Day. Was it the Duke-UNLV championship year or I, the year previous? Trent, you got me. You got me. Gonna look this one up. Mm-hmm. Musburger fired. He did pretty well for himself after that. 1990. 1990. On the eve of the Final Four, mm-hmm. and it was no April Fool's Day prank. 
Ooh. April 1st as he was let go. I remember thinking, oh my, I, I was really shocked when that happened. I mean, this is a guy that's been in our living rooms forever, right? Whether he's doing the uh, NFL Today mm-hmm. on CBS with uh, Jimmy the Greek and uh, Irv and, um, oh my God, uh, oh my God. Uh, the, oh, Jesus. The woman's name. I can picture her. Phyllis George. Phyllis George. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, who's her daughter? I don't know. Her daughter's on TV. Oh, really? And I think she was married to a, to a, to a politician. Okay. I think. You're, you're barking up the wrong tree. Oh, I know here. I am, but I think she is. Um, Pamela Brown. Check, Google Pamela Brown. Pamela Brown. Pam Brown. Pam Brown. Pamela Brown. Okay. I think that's Phyllis George's daughter. Huh. Pamela Brown. Oh, there she is. Recognize uh, her? Um, Probably I, not. <laughs> I don't know who she is. Who's her parents? Does it say in the It wiki? does say, yeah, it is Phyllis George. Phyllis George. And yeah. who was her dad? Um, Let's see if we can find... Da, 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 she, oh, she's a CNN reporter. That might be the reason. Yeah, probably. Right. Not a whole lot of news uh, watching for me over here. Ditto. Uh, da, da, John Brown, governor of Kentucky. There you go. You had that. I'm, I'm just I flaunting, flaunting my uh, knowledge here today. Well, uh, I got to pat myself in the back. What did you, you do? You are a two-time Bet Rivers oh, champion. Oh, did you join the? Did you join us? Good for you. I'm a two-timer now. Turn my, well, initially it was $200 that they put into our account. And mm-hmm. You play with it through the first two weekends. For us that made it to the final four, four guys made it to the end. Oh, they eliminated some of you. They did. Half the field got cut down and then 200 extra dollars. So a four. $400 total. Why did I turn that contest down? That's a lot of money that they keep giving out. And I uh, turned it into $965. Ooh. We had a good tournament. We had Boy, a good, well, good I saw, I saw your tweet from college, your college basketball season. I'm guessing that's Jeff on holding. Jeff will get to you in just a second. Um, you had a remarkable run going back to November. And this is at the Action Network. Although somebody, did you see the some yeah, follow-up? Somebody had a, no, 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 Trent. I, I did exactly what you said, and I lost a lot of money. Well, then they were not following along very well. This is over the course of the season. This is documented. All verified. Right. Not, can, not by you. No. No. It is all in there. You can look at every single one of my picks if you want to go through. Before we get into doing that, and yeah. we won't, um, add up the number of bets, please. Yep. That's what I'm going to do right now. Because I saw that. Um, my record was mm-hmm. 573. Okay. 415 losses. Uh-huh. That's over 1,000. And 13 ties. 1,001 <laughs> bets over the course of the college basketball season. I bet a lot, and it's a volume play. You know, that's the thing. Maybe that guy was just picking and choosing. He picked and chose wrong. That very well could happen. Mm-hmm. But the way that I do it, the way that I derive my numbers, it is more of a volume play. Uh, over the course of the year, that is 141 and a half units, meaning if you're a wow. $10 wager, you made over $1,400 yeah. on $10 bets right. over the course of college basketball with me this year. That's a, that's a remarkable run, and you backed it up in the Bet Rivers contest we were in. And, yes. Uh, Two-time champion. Feels good. It does. It does. you got to find a little spot. What's the trophy like? Is it nice? Um, Yeah. They sent the one from last year. It's the same one that they had last year, similar. It'll have, obviously, my so, so, so your other one was a college basketball win, too? No, the other one was the NFL contest. And gotcha. I also got a championship ring with that one, too. How about that? Yeah, pretty sharp. So I feel cheated. I'm uh, looking forward to when's the next champion's dinner. I don't know, but I'm looking forward to it as well. Anyways, um, so the college sports season comes to an end. The curtain comes down. With UConn, uh, already starting to see some of the lists for next year and um, you know the way too early, top 25s, dot, dot, dot. 
Um, way too early. I'm not even want to bring him up. But I do want to get to Jeff. He's been patient, been holding on since the opening music for the most part. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for being patient. How are you? Good. I'm I'm fired up. Uh, let's, first, let's talk some ratings. Uh, they came out yesterday or whenever they came out, mm-hmm. uh, under shy of 10 million. It's incredible. Out at 12.4 million. Most watched girls game, boys game. I'm sure that number was higher than some World Series games in the was. last couple of years. It was. Um, I'm sure a lot of it was probably because of Kim Mulkey and her uh, players. I'm sure that was a big draw. Um, but let's call a spade a spade. I first want to start with this. And I only listen to your show and some national shows, so I don't know if they've brought this up yesterday or not. But let's just run through some numbers because we're all numbers, guys. <laughs> um, this player scores a quadruple-double. Follows it back up with a another forty point game. Never happened in college basketball. Um, and then she ends up beating Cheryl Swoops. And if you don't know who Cheryl Swoops are, mm-hmm. Googler um, has the most points in the tournament. And then she follows it up with a thirty ball. Trent, I would love to hear hear your uh, your analysis and tell me how is Caitlin Clark not the most valuable player of the tournament? I, I don't get that at all. I because it is not a most valuable player. And we get in this argument when it comes to professional sports a lot, is the Mike Trouts of the world, even the Shohei Otanis, it is not the best player. It is the most valuable player. And value, to me, comes into winning. This is the most outstanding player. And if you watch this tournament and your takeaway that Angel Reese was the most outstanding player, you're dead wrong. You're dead wrong. Dead wrong. Yeah. Dead wrong. I, we've had this argument a lot, Jeff. I don't get it, but I, I, don't, I didn't get a vote. Okay, let's let's move on. Uh, Ken, you brought up uh, recruiting. Trent, help me out with the name, but didn't Iowa just pull like one of the best uh, uh, big men? She's from Portland, and they they got her to sign yesterday. Is that correct, Trent? Am I am I on to something there? Or no? She is still in high school, and she is just a junior. Uh, Ava Hyden is her name, so Thank she's you. still a couple of years away from campus. So she will not be a part of next year's team. She'll be a senior this upcoming year in high school basketball. So yeah, they already have three signed. They're full. There are too bad. no scholarships available. Somebody's got to hit the road, Trent. Hate to say it. Yeah. Somebody's got to run somebody off. Mm-hmm. The window's open. Do you see Lisa Bluter running somebody off? I though? don't, sadly, but you know but, what? But you have to be honest with them, too, right? Right. And, you have to. And if it's playing time. You are not going to play, sadly. Right. Yeah. And different than men's basketball, which has 13 scholarships, there's 15 scholarships. Mm-hmm. So there is that kind of wiggle room, but it's going to be a difficult conversation. Mm. And the way that program has been built with Lisa Bluter, that's going to be tough to do. I. What they, that circle that they always do, you know, they sit around the circle at midcourt. It's really, it's not, it's built differently. That program is built differently. And to do that, it's going to be doing something that they haven't done. But as you've said, Ken, this program's in a different spot than they've ever been. It's got a generational player with a window that's at least got for sure one more year of staying open. Mm -hmm. And I just want to put a ball on this because I wanted to say it yesterday. Maybe I did, but the job that, Lisa Bluter, Coach Lisa Bluter and her coaching staff and the kids buying in, nobody thought that they would, A, get to a Final Four and to get to a national title game. The fans, the players, they're, they're never going to forget that mm-hmm. in their wildest dreams. All the bad press that leader, that Coach Bluter and the players and, the, and the co- everybody has got, and it's been crazy. They are good people. The people in, in the state of Iowa, for the most part, are good people. So when you hear all this bad press about racists and all this other garbage, that 
I, to me, and I, I could be dead wrong, I don't believe that for a second. Caitlin and those girls are good girls. They play the game the right way. They go to school. They do all the right things. They, they, they give back to their community. Um, the coaching staff has been great since day one. So all these things get out there, all this garbage, it is garbage. Great for the Iowa women program, and I can't wait to watch them in years to come. You guys have a good day. Uh, you know what? I'm with you, Jeff. I can't wait to watch this, uh, for, at least for the next couple of years. It's unfortunate that there is a segment that is making this about Caitlin Clark and lumping the Iowa basketball program into some kind of racism. Yeah, that's that, that's a separate conversation. That is not fair to Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. Has there been anything that we've ever seen where there's a race component to no. it? And she's just drug into this culture war that is mm-hmm. out there. People are jealous of her, Trent. They're jealous yeah. of her abilities. They're, it's completely unfair She's to still her. living in their heads. They won a championship. <laughs> yes. They cut down the nets for crying out loud. And they're still talking about her. Right. Move on. They won't. Celebrate. They can't. They, Why? It's a different generation. And said it yesterday, and it needs to be said every single day until it happens. These two schools need to open up the season <laughs> in November. Bring eyeballs back to your sport. You had them this weekend. Get them in football. And it can't be a Carver Hawkeye Arena no. if ESPN wants it to happen because they no longer have a contract with the Big Ten. Forgot about all about but Put it on neutral floor. That is a blow. Yeah, no, I agree. That is going to be a blow. So, the, like the the events that happened at Madison Square Garden, the, mm-hmm. the, the, um, or, or like we said yesterday, the. Seemingly, the curtain goes up and it's on a ship in San Diego. It was Michigan State, Gonzaga. Weren't there two games? Mm, there has been in the past. I can't remember well, if it was this year. Regardless, yeah. these two schools need to play again. Yeah. We, we've got the, you know, the, the, the good guy versus the bad guy, whichever hat you want to put on whichever school, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's got a little, there's a animosity, we think. Maybe it's, we're blowing it out of proportion, but there's a competitive. Um, Fire burning within these two programs. Yes. Start it off again. And Who wouldn't watch buzz? this? Yeah, the buzz that's going to be created by having that game, have the buildup. Absolutely. We get excited for the Champions Classic. This has a lot more storyline to it. Without a doubt. Than what we get any year in the Champions Classic. Right. And they the Champions dominated. Classic, it's usually, oh, who's Kentucky got this year for right. freshmen? Right. Who's the new Duke guy? Who's the one in Dunners right. at Duke? Oh, this will be my first time probably seeing them play in a real game. Mm-hmm. Maybe you see a highlights. Maybe you saw them play in AU or high school. But it'll be the first time. This is different. It is. We if I UConn and San Diego State used to, yesterday, I feel a little bit left out. I feel a little bit overlooked. We're about to play for a national championship, and yet all day yesterday, everybody's talking about the game that was played the day before. A women's event. What are they still talking about today? Same thing. Game was turned into a blowout. Mm-hmm. We got a moment where maybe this thing will be close. That's it. Yeah. And now people are right back to what was the better storyline. Right. And the games ended up both being what? 17-point deficits, right? Uh, uh, both, they both were, yes. But. Uh, 102-85, yeah, you're right. And what's going to continue? This, this conversation is going to continue for weeks mm-hmm. in circles. This is still going to be a conversation piece. Are people still weeks for now still talking UConn, San Diego State? No. It's done. Right. It's over. Yep. It was a game, and UConn was a lot better, and that's it. Yep. This, so many storylines. You're exactly yep. right. And ESPN or Fox or whoever needs yep. to figure out a way to 
to get that thing. Absolutely. You have nailed it. LSU, Iowa, open up the season. You want to generate buzz for your sport. Mm -hmm. That's how you kick things off. You know, and and you know where you announce it? You announce it at, they still do the ESPYs the night after the, uh, right? right? Yeah. Uh, Reese on the stage, Clark on the stage, and away we go. You're looking for a little July content for us. (laughs) I just think that there's so many opportunities here. This is one of the reasons I want to pick Eichel's brain. This is one of the reasons I'm trying to get that guy from Madison Avenue on the program Mm -hmm. tomorrow or the next day. Because she is as marketable as any woman I've ever seen at this. She's hot right now. She's the it girl. Like it or not, Story County. Right? You're going to get sick of it. Yeah. I get it. If it was the, on the other, if she was on the other foot, the eastern part of the state would be sick of it. They would. And I totally understand it. And I love it because Cyhawk never should take a day off. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. But boy, oh boy. 1125, Miller and Condon. We are going to switch gears, catch up with our friend Matt Snyder. Did you watch any baseball prior to the championship last night? I did not. I had the Twins game on, but I. I have to recalibrate myself in baseball. I'm still not there. I, no. I admittedly, I listened to the games on Thursday on the drive down. Listened to a little bit on Sunday, but I listened to most of the post game show with women's, and then bounced over to a couple of podcasts. So, mm-hmm. but I've I've found myself in the few innings that I've watched. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> really. I I can't. I can't cal- Phone in the hand, right? Yeah. You're on Twitter. Yep. And it's there was so much downtime where I had to figure I don't have a figure out right now. Mm-hmm. I need to recalibrate myself to become the baseball fan that I want to be again. Well, your team's off to a pretty good start, yeah, so maybe you should uh, you know jump on that uh, ASAP because they're off to a really uh, good start. So Matt Snyder's going to join us on the other side. Eleven o'clock, we'll get into the NFL draft. Matt Manasarin. Uh, from Sports Info Solutions will join us. He helps us out with the draft the last two or three years. Got terrific info. He really does. This guy that's been in the room with both the Cleveland Browns and the New Orleans Saints, part of their uh, scouting staff, will pick his brain. I did see, was it McShay's mock that came out today? I think it was uh, McShay's mock came out today. Had three Hawkeyes going in the second round. Three Hawks. Three Hawks in the, in second, the second round. round. So, Campbell. One, three, three Hawks, second round. Did he have Van Ness falling? Tenth overall pick. Van Ness at 10. I am quite confused. Riley Moss. As a second rounder? As a second rounder. He's got him, let me find out, I want to say 55. Jack Campbell, 48 to Deet. Uh, Sam Laporta, 55 to Deet. I could see that. And Riley Moss, where are Riley you, Riley Moss. Moss? What a story! I know I saw him. Don't Riley Moss, fifty nine gr- to Buffalo. That was going to be a great shirt candidate. The scholarship opened up <laughs> right? right before he got campus. And- Did you, um, Pete? We'll get you in one second. Um, you called Riley Moss yeah. in high school? No, right? He's fast. He's, he's quick. But come on, the, boy, oh boy. Unbelievable. Three Hawks, second round, and Van Ness in the first round. Uh, Will McDonald, first round, sneaks in as well to the Eagles at 30. Pete, welcome, Pete. How are you? Hey, doing well. Uh, last night's game was boring, by the way. Yeah, uh, totally, totally agree. I, I told my brother-in-law, put all the money down on UConn, you can. And he <laughs> took three bets in different directions against or, with them and won them off. So, um, the uh, Caitlin Clark's. I saw some articles uh, nationally about her NIL value before the Final Four, yep. and it, they were estimating next year was seven to eight million. Wow! Before, before the, Final, the Four. Final Four, 
before the 10 million draw that they got in the championship game. So there's no way these sponsors and these companies that are going to put her name on, on commercials and other things are not going to be demanding she's on TV. And, and, and ESPN and CBS and anybody who's running women's basketball on TV would be nuts not to have her on Absolutely. prime time every weekend. I, totally I agree. mean, you're going to draw. What did I see? Her, her arena value is 4,500 tickets for showing up. <laughs> Just for being there. So, yeah, just for being there and playing, that's 4,500 extra tickets sold on on the average arena she plays in. Unbelievable. So there's no way. that The money is going to be so crazy in every direction that there's no way. And she will never, best case scenario, she dominates the WNBA. Do you think she can hit 7 or $8 million a year on interest <laughs> and revenue? Feels you like know, we're going to have direction. we're going to have somebody on that'll help us yes. out with that. But I think the sky's the limit. I really do. I really and and as I said yesterday, I've been saying the last couple of weeks. I hope that they're that the families got some help. That it's not you know family friend who's got a small shop in Valley Junction is going to be our guy. <laughs> May go well, out and you she's get already some, got a. Does she? I mean, she's got a Nike deal. She's got oh, a Nike know that. deal. Yeah. Yeah. So so you don't have sign a nose. Hopefully, without you know your small town attorney and accountant Precisely. figuring out how to. Cut the check. Yeah, I mean, those are national market, and at this point, she should have a national marketing firm yep. and agent because the money is the sky's the limit. This is where she's going to build her brand. That if she does go to the WNBA, the brand comes with her, mm-hmm. and she becomes even more valuable. Yep. Pete, thanks for listening. Appreciate the call. Eleven thirty. Uh, Matt Snyder next. Miller and Conda. Before we go to break, time for another thousand dollar home run. Head to KXNO.com right now. Since you're there, you may as well enter this nationwide contest. It is. The keyword in this hour is green. Green at KXNO.com. Green. KXNO.com. Another opportunity coming up in an hour. And then on the hour, right through the end of our local programming block. That's the 5 o'clock hour with uh, uh, Heather and Sean. Miller and Condon, 1130 Des Moines Sports Station. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 106.3 106.3 roofing.net Station 106.3 KXNO, Iowa State headed to Maui. Whoa. Oh, it's 2024, though. Okay. Well, plenty of time to get those tickets. Is that what you're doing? Write it off, Trent. You're going to cover it. Member of the working press, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He's exactly that when it comes to Major League Baseball, and he joins us. He's going to be with us today, obviously, next Tuesday, following the Master, and then going forward back in his slot on Mondays. Baseball is here, uh, and I, this program couldn't be happier. Hello, Matt Snyder. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, it's been a it's been a really really fun week. I it feels like 
you know, it, maybe it's, I'm caught up in the moment, but it feels like a, a more exciting start to the year than yep. the last several years. No, there's no question about it, and that's because uh, the rule changes, and maybe we're paying closer attention to the early, you know, portion of the schedule. Just, uh, I'm, I'm guessing that that has something to do with it. Let's uh, let's start there. Um, games are shorter. There's way more action on the base paths. Uh, if people were, oh, I don't watch baseball, it's boring. Uh, th- this could have been uh, the salve on that on that wound. So far, so good, Matt Snyder. Absolutely, and that's the thing. Like, Even if you just put aside the game times, which I, I know a lot of people like to flex, and I don't need the games to get over with sooner. Well, well you know, the diehard fans are going to watch no matter what. Right. But it's a big deal to get families with kids home a lot sooner. That's a big, big deal. It's a big selling point to the masses. But even if we ignore that, runs per game are up almost a half run per team per game. Stolen bases up to .65 per team per game, which is up from .51. That's a big deal. That's several stolen bases a week. Um, but it's not like exponentially so to the point that you're saying there's too many steals. It kind of feels like we're, it's a good sweet spot. Batting average and balls in play way up about 10 points. And the big uptick there is singles. Yeah. What we've been talking about with the mm-hmm. shift, limit, yep. a lot more singles, a lot more first to third, a lot more action on the base paths. We're seeing it all happening. It's a small sample, but it's all happening. One thing that I have noticed, and admittedly I haven't watched a ton of baseball yet. I listened to plenty on opening day as I was driving. But one thing that I've noticed is the pitches, when they're getting the pitches off, it's not down at the end of the pitch clock. It's not with... One, two seconds left. It's still seven, eight, nine seconds still on the clock. They're getting it going. Are, are pitchers going to relax a little bit more, understand the rules a little bit better? And, you know, this two and a half hour game, probably by the time we get to June, July, there's going to be probably an extra maybe five, ten minutes added on where pitchers become a little bit more comfortable with it and they're willing a little bit more to extend that pitch clock deeper. Yeah, you know what? I hadn't even thought about that, but that's a great point. Um, yeah, good job, man. Yeah. Point. <laughs> I think they will. It's one of those things where we always talk about adjustments, and I think at the start of the year, a, a lot of the pitchers probably don't want to get saddled with the pitch clock, and they don't want to hurry themselves. So you, you get to the point where you're ready to throw the pitch where there's 8 to 10 seconds left on the pitch clock, and then you might as well throw it. As they get more used to it, as they get more comfortable, I think that's a good point that – they probably will let it tick down a little bit more. As long as they can see it, they know what they're going to throw, maybe keep the batter guessing a little bit on when it's going to come. Because, you know, one of those games, the mind games that they used to play was sitting there and holding the mm-hmm. ball forever. Yeah. And the batter sits in the box, and you get to a point where the batter just calls time because he's sat there for so long he's getting uncomfortable. Maybe if they do get set up with 10 seconds left on the pitch clock, maybe they'll start holding it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. You know, at the risk of losing our audience, I want to bring up the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> uh, you know what? Every year, every year, I'm just waiting for them to... This can't happen every year. How do they keep doing this? This roster's not that good. There's a bunch of guys nobody knows about. And yet, they're unbe- They're one of two unbeaten teams. The other one, Trent's yeah. Minnesota Twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa looks like Tampa. <laughs> How do they, they keep doing it? Well, I will say, you know, it's... 4-0 plus 22 run differential through four games. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I would pump the brakes a little bit because they played the Tigers to start, and then last night they played the Nationals. So probably two of the five worst teams in baseball. You can make an argument they're the two worst teams yeah. in baseball. So, hey, maybe they're just taking care of business when they're supposed to take care of business. And, hey, there's something to be said for that yep. because 
the, the Astros just lost to the Tigers last night. So you still have to go out and you still have to win those games. But I'd like to see them play a better team and, uh, and see how they fare there. But, you know, they know what they're doing there. They know how to plug and play people. Uh, their pitching isn't even full strength yet because That's Tyler Glasnow is still on the injured list. Mm-hmm. So they're only going to get better. But Springs looks great. McClanahan, obviously, is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Maybe they can work wonders with Eflin the way they have with so many other guys. Um, wow, the schedule. They play the A's this weekend. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, if they, keep, if they keep taking care of business, they could be 9-0 and through their first nine games. Did, did you see and the pick? And then pic- it's Red Sox, and it's at Blue Jays. Finally, uh, at Blue Jays, they'll get a tougher one. Well, I that's hope that's Friday. the case. I hope that's the case. So, did you see the picture yeah. of the uh, Alameda Coliseum last night? They still call it that in Oakland. Um and it was, admittedly, it was late in the game, but still the games were moving. There was nobody in the ballpark. Matt, they're moving no. to Las Vegas. It's a, it's a done deal. It just hasn't been announced yet. Um, and, and, you know, and part of me will be sad because the teams in the 70, those A's teams were so good, but they had plenty of marquee op- franchise. It was, wasn't yeah, it? It absolutely yeah. was. Uh, but it just, it's time. It needs to, it needs to relocate. Well, I, 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 in my power rankings, I often refer to A's ownership as Rachel Phelps, who is the <laughs> Dylan in Major League, because it really does feel like they're just trying to lose as much as possible, so they can, so they can draw no fans, and they can say, "Look, we're justified in leaving because nobody comes to the game." Mm-hmm. But they're tanking; they're trying to lose. Their their roster's awful. Uh, it, it's it's a sad scene. Just all all of it. I mean, I don't know. If it would have worked, if they would have put more money into it, if they would have gotten the ballpark situation resolved a long time ago, it's tough to tell. But as I said, it's a marquee franchise, and or used to be yep. at least, and it's a shame that we're not going to have the Oakland A's anymore. Las Vegas A's, hey, maybe mm. it'll work out, but it just doesn't seem right. And I know, I, you know, and, and they were Philadelphia and Kansas City before that. So it's, they've definitely moved around plenty. That's true. Well, we talked about the one undefeated team. Let's talk about the other one. Those Minnesota Twins. Now, same thing. Yeah. Royals and Marlins, not exactly who's who. Yeah. But rotation, four guys have gone out there. All four have had a quality start. It has been an excellent start for all four of their starting pitching. The bullpen has been outstanding. You look at a guy like Caleb Theobar. You know, he's been around forever. Lefty specialist for a long time. He threw 89 when he came up. He's throwing in the mid-90s. They got fireballers on the back end, a lineup that's going to be healthier when they get Polanco back and and a couple other guys. I mean, this team has an opportunity here. Cleveland also off to a good start, but your thoughts on the Twins and the sustainability. Last year, they led that division basically for the first four months of the season before it collapsed. Your thoughts on this team and just how good they can be. Well, I believe I said it might have been last week when I when I tried to get your hopes up. I know. Said, you know, there's a road to this starting rotation being really good. Yeah. If Pablo Lopez hits his high upside, if Sonny Gray looks like the Sonny Gray of old, Joe Ryan, if you're putting him in a mid-rotation spot, that's a good spot for him. He's an above-average guy if you're spotting him against other threes. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. You would think that there would be some inconsistency on the offensive side. Because, well, first of all, you've got Joey Gallo in there. He's always going to be inconsistent. Buxton, how healthy is he going to stay? How consistent is he going to be? Correa, how much is he going to be on the field? How consistent is he going to be? Those guys kind of have to be the driving force offensively. But, man, when they're on, it can be really, really good. Vasquez is kind of an under-the-radar signing, but he's a good offensive and defensive two-way catcher there. So there's potential here. I think you're going to see some ups and downs, much like last year. 
hopefully it's not sequenced the same way yeah. where it's really, really good for a little bit and then just awful. Uh, hopefully it's a little more spread out and a little more consistent. But um, I, I do think that the White Sox had some highs against the, the Astros in that series, but I ultimately think that the White Sox are more mediocre than anything else. Obviously the Royals and Tigers mm-hmm. are bad, and it's probably going to be a two-team race between the Twins and Guardians. Uh, maybe 88-89 wins gets it done, something like that. Could see it. Let's go to the National League Central and talk about the uh, two teams that uh, move our needle here, and that's the Cubs, who are off to a one and three start. I didn't like David Ross having wisdom try to lay down a bunt, which of course he popped right up to the pitcher last night. Uh, three one count. It's just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. What? And Wisdom was coming off a two home runs game. I mean, he's hitting the seeing the baseball. Uh, just stupid. Uh, but the Cardinals, they uh, they won the series against the Blue Jays. I believe they fell last night. But the Cardinals and the Cubs. Your thoughts on those two team starts? Uh, Cubs, pretty much what I expected. Uh, mediocre. There will be some highs. Opening day was great. Uh, if a defensive replacement lays out for a blooper in game two, they're probably yes. two and zero. Uh, you know, they could very well have won last night. Yep. If they, maybe if Wisdom didn't bunt. So, you know, not that far away from being 3-1, and one, but still the good teams can find find ways to get those things done. The, the mediocre or bad teams find ways to lose those games. So it's about what I expected there. Um, Cardinals look great, I thought, uh, in that in that Blue Jays series. Uh, speaking of very close, they were very close to a sweep because mm-hmm. the Blue Jays kind of nickel and dimed them to death on opening, opening day, day with a yep. bunch of bloopers yep. that just found holes. Uh, so I, their offense looks potent. Uh, pitching staff is is going to be a question all year, though. But man, that offense looks great. Uh, like I said, we're going to have to get used to, and the Cardinals, you're used to them being so solid with the pitching and run prevention and the defense. And uh, the, now it looks like they're just going to have to be in a bunch of bloodfests. Um, so it's going to be an interesting transition there on, on watching them play. Uh, Brewers look pretty good, uh, too. So I, I think mm-hmm. I, I like my Brewers pick over the Cardinals in the Central. Those are going to be the two contenders. So uh, I saw an article over at CBSSports.com when your colleagues talking about home runs up. We're talking about a super small sample size. Do yeah. we read anything into it or just that small sample size? Probably just small sample. And, I mean, one of the main quotes was Alex Cora and Fenway. Well, the ball's flying out at Fenway, and there's been a bunch of bad pitching there. So, I mean, <laughs> the Orioles and Red Sox pitching staffs aren't exactly full of, you know, prime Pedros. So, yeah, it's it's early. It's only been four or five games. Uh, it, but the, the interesting thing is, I will say, usually early April, home runs are slow to get going because it's cold point. in a yep. lot of places. So maybe we're in for a big year. Maybe they're already using the juice balls and Manfred realized, <laughs> hey, we need to introduce them at the start of the year instead of in the middle of May, <laughs> and then we won't get caught. I don't know. But probably not much to see. Who knows? Good stuff. Uh, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. He'll join us each and every week, Tuesday next week, and then back into Mondays all season long, brought to us by our friends at Victory Mounds. Matt Snyder, good, uh, good talking to you as always. We'll do the same next Tuesday. Thank you, Matt. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Good to talk to you, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little MLB. Yeah, big thank you to Rush Niggett and Victory Mounds for being our presenting sponsor all season long with 
Matt Snyder. Always great having that conversation after the weekend throughout mm-hmm. the spring and into the summer and looking forward to another year of that. Victory Mounds, premium baseball and softball products and services. You can find them online, victorymounds.com. They have portable pitching mounds. You'll see that at a lot of fields that are out there, practice fields where you don't really have a bullpen. Well, you can make your own bullpen with them. Or you got a rising star in the pitching ranks. You can put one in your backyard. Put one in the backyard. Yes, victorymounds.com. We should have uh, got them together with our friends at Circuit because they had to build a mound last <laughs> week for right. Greg Maddox on oh, opening day. That would have been a combination. It sure would have. Victory Mounds, thank you for that sponsorship. And Matt Snyder, if you like baseball, Matt Snyder covers it as well as anybody. He's at all the big events. Uh, he'll join us throughout the regular season and into the playoffs. It's 10 before noon. We'll come back. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Hush on your side. Now back to Miller and Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Miller and Condon, welcome back. Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Masters conversation coming up here in a couple of, well, tomorrow, Matt Rudy. Uh, going to join us and we'll talk some golf with our buddy Matt Rudy from Golf Digest. Have you zeroed in on the plays you're going to make? Uh, not yet. And as I've been betting golf a lot more the last two years, I got too many guys that I like. <laughs> I need to get back to paring things down. You know, as you know, I like to go a little deeper on the board. This is not the tournament for that. This is a tournament historically, if you're north of 30 to 1, you're not going to win. Right. Only twice in yep. the last 25 years has somebody north of that number ultimately been the victor. So you're looking at the top ends when you're talking about wins, but there's some top 20s out there. Tiger top 20 or make the cut. Well, I hope he makes the cut. Right, right. Uh, I wouldn't bet either way if he's going to or not. I mean, who doesn't want him around for the weekend? He loves Augusta. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to bet, I would bet that he will make the cut. I would too. That's where my money would be. I heard one of the operators in Vegas said they were basically 50-50 in their preliminaries that they had, just will he, won't mm-hmm. he make the cut, and the money was about even on that. It was a lot of average Joes that was on, yep. yes, yep, because they want to see him. Sure. And a few more pros that were on the other side. Have but. you seen the um, Greg Norman, if a live player wins the tournament, what he's going to do? They're all going to be there. They're waiting. all going to be there. Uh, be there when the green jacket is presented. Make their presence known. That is a another incredibly difficult part right now of handicapping this as I started uh, a little bit last night because the mm-hmm. game was a blowout, so I got into it. <laughs> yeah, and those live guys. Not only are they playing like Muni courses, the course they played the last time out was. I heard people that have played that that are you know single digit handicaps, but not pros by any means. And said, yeah, it's a nice course, but it's not a professional. They should crush course. it. Is that what you mean? Right. Yeah. Then on top of it, you can't find statistics. Yeah, you can find out what they shot, but. If you're betting golf, you need to dig deeper. Circus got a prop. Will a live? Yes or no? Will a live golf? Uh, live golfer win the Masters? Good luck, because if you're trying to actually handicap it, not just throw some darts. Yeah, there is you no would, way. You would you would eliminate Cam Smith as good as he is. I I wouldn't eliminate him, but I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Dustin what his Johnson form is. likes Augusta. To... What's their form? We don't know yeah. because they're not playing professional level. Golf, and, and that's what makes this so difficult. So you talk about kind of the horse racing angle, and you just cross ones off. And mm-hmm. I'm trending towards just crossing those guys off. Because just eliminate them and just go eliminate them. Because yeah, throw I them out. I don't have anything. 
I like analytics. I like things that I can look at and quantify, yeah. and you can't do it with this group of golfers. So I that's where I'm trending right now. I'm leaning towards just getting out the red pen and going through each and every one of them and saying, I can't do it because I can't justify it myself that these guys uh. are ready to ready to play at a course like this. You opened up the door for a quick horse racing nugget. Yeah. Jason Luch and Dennis Alba, mm-hmm. uh, Ankeny from Ankeny, they have not one, not two, but three horses in the Kentucky Derby. What? It's incredible. Now they got to get, you got to put them in bubble wrap until the first Saturday in May. Sure. Uh, but yes, they've qualified three horses wow. for the Kentucky Derby, including, including a horse by the name of Angel of Empire, who's probably going to be the second or third choice on the board. How awesome. It's incredible. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's very difficult to get there with one. They've got three. We'll get Jason on at some point mm-hmm. uh, coming up here. Hour two coming up next. Matt Menacer in the NFL draft. His first of weekly appearances with Miller and Cotton as we head toward the draft. It's 106.3 KX.